On behalf of Lineberg Information Services, this is Bob Keebler with Basic Bracket Management Planning Part 2. We'll start with a checklist. Um, what we like to do in our practice is we will use our new software to determine the taxpayer's permanent tax bracket. I want to look at their tax bracket over a 10 to 15 year period of time and see exactly where they fall. Then our goal is a minimum to fill up the 10 and 15 percent bracket for the vast majority of clients. We can do the two most efficient things to do there are to harvest capital gains, which we tax at a zero percent rate, or to engage in Roth conversions by asset class. Now, once the 10 and 15 percent brackets are filled up, uh, we will spend funds from the tax-free accounts. And our goal then is to kind of fly below the radar, not get ourselves into any of the cutbacks, the PEP and P's cutback, uh, the super bonus tax at, at 450, the 3.8% medical ta Medicare tax at 250,000. We want to stay below all those things. So again, the cutoffs that we're worried about when we're trying to fly below the radar um, will be the $450,000 ordinary income cutoff. That's where you go into the 39.6% rate the $300,000 PEP and P's cutoff, and the $250,000 3.8% surtax cutoff. So if the taxpayer is not flying below the radar and is subject to the NIT, the PEP and P's limitation, or the super tax, uh, we're going to engage in bracket management planning. Most of this will involve income smoothing strategies or strategies to use statutory tax shelters. Okay? So in those instances, we'll try to use statutory tax shelters like life insurance, real estate, oil and gas, tax-deferred annuities, pension plans. So the basic idea is to use income smoothing to obtain the maximum benefit of tax rate arbitrage. So what we're trying to do is reduce taxable income in high-income years um, by maximizing. Okay, So what we're going to try to do is we're going to maximize deductions and by shifting income into lower years. So in, we'll increase income in those lower-income years by deferring deductions and increasing taxable income to fill up lower brackets. Now, the biggest, the most common thing you're going to see is somebody retires at 65, they have a pension, they have Social Security, and they, don't, they do not touch their IRA. And then when they turn 70 and a half, their IRA opens up and they jump. I have a gentleman right now, a number of people like this, but they're jumping from basically a 15% rate up to a 39.6% rate once they open up their IRAs. So specific strategies. Um, might be harvesting capital gains or basically taking pension distributions and making Roth conversions. Those are all things we want to think about when we're trying to increase income. When we're trying to reduce income, it's just the opposite. It's harvesting losses and it's going to be trying to make large pension plan contributions. Notably, the biggest opportunity in the pension plan world right now is the ability to do, is the ability to do defined benefit plans. Now, Let's talk about capital gain harvesting. What we're talking about is shifting the recognition of part of a capital gain from a higher bracket future year to a lower bracket current year. Uh, this can save your clients substantial amounts of capital gain. Keep in mind, if you're in the 15% ordinary bracket, your capital gain rate is zero. So that's going to be something we really want to focus on. Now, how does this work? If the taxpayer expects to be in a higher bracket in the future, today we would sell assets and pay tax at 0% or at 15%. And then that gives you a higher basis in those assets. Um, sometimes you would immediately repurchase those assets if you believe they're good assets to have in your portfolio. So basically, we have a little calculator where we can actually do an ROI on the benefit of harvesting a capital gain. And what we're talking about is if I can pay 15% today, but 23.8% in three years, 
hey, does it make sense to incur that 15% today? Um, so what we're really focused on is the rate arbitrage, the difference in rates. That works for us. However, the deferral works against us, okay? But we have to look at the taxpayer's opportunity cost of capital when we analyze these things. Now, on the other side of the coin is capital losses. For a long time, there's been tremendous discussion on harvesting losses, okay? So we definitely want to have our minds around the ability to harvest losses and really reduce or eliminate current capital gains. One of the very critical things when you're harvesting losses is to understand how off, how long-term losses and short-term losses offset each other. In the ideal world, we would use short-term losses to offset short-term gains, and we would use long-term losses to offset short-term gains, too. A long-term loss has a much lower value than a short-term loss. And so what you want to avoid is, ha is using short-term losses, which are very valuable, to offset long-term gains. Okay, So that's going to be something that we really have to work hard on. When you're harvesting losses, one of the key components to bracket management is going to be to understand the wash sale rules under IRC Section 1091. Um, remember, that's the 31-day rule between acquiring or selling identical or substantial or substantially identical asset. Now, keep in mind, over time, the value of capital losses diminish as a result of time value of money, and we want to make sure we understand the inefficiency of capital loss harvesting. Again, the critical thing is we want to try to use long-term losses to offset short-term gains. That is very tax-efficient. Um, what we want to avoid is using short-term losses to offset long-term gains, and that's simply because of the rate arbitrage. In the past, this has always been out there, but today it's so much more critical when you have seven tax rates, three capital gains rates, and the overlay of the net investment income tax and the overlay of PEP and P's coupled with the super bonus taxes when you go over $450,000 of income for a married couple. Um, one of the most critical components in our mind as far as bracket management will be deferral. And so we want to be looking at deductible IRA contributions, non-deductible IRA contributions, Roth IRA contributions when possible, and really maximizing our other retirement plan contributions. One of the biggest opportunities out there today, and hasn't been taken away from us yet by Congress, is the ability to define benefit plans. Okay, um, There is a number of very smart people across the country, hundreds of them actuaries by training typically, that understand all of these rules on how to maximize how much you can put in a defined benefit plan. The thesis of a defined benefit plan is you represent a physician, she's, she's an emergency room doc, she travels from hospital to hospital, and she has no employees. She's 50 years old, and she's going to retire at 65, but basically she would set up a defined benefit plan to give her an income of, say, $200,000 a year when she turns 65. Well, we only have 15 years to fund that. So typically you'll be able to put close to $200,000 a year in a plan like that. And oftentimes you couple that with a 401k and profit sharing plan to make it even better. So that works very well when you do not have uh, many employees. It doesn't work so well when if you are a younger person, it doesn't work as well if you have older employees. It doesn't work, uh, for example, a man, uh, owner of a franchise that employed many, many people, that would never work, okay? But it does work for closely held businesses. Now, other basic bracket management ideas, um, timing of itemized deductions is going to be more critical than ever. We want to make sure we're taking our itemized deductions in the right year uh, by deferring itemized deductions in the later years if we're going to be in a higher bracket. 
Um, also, for many people, if they're in a high bracket but, and they want to take advantage of a charitable contribution but aren't sure what charities to give the money to, uh, we've been using donor advised funds. You get the deduction in the first year, but you do not have to give the money to charity until later. Um, one thing that's becoming very popular is a discussion and analysis of timing of Social Security benefits, um, maybe waiting to take Social Security benefits until you are 67, 68, 69, uh, because your Social Security benefits actually increase. But what no one talks about is by deferring until you're no longer, um, until your income goes down, what you're going to do is your Social Security benefits will be taxed at a lower rate. Not only will you get more money, but you'll, you'll be taxed at a lower rate. Okay, we talked a little bit about charitable contributions. Uh, one of the critical things in bracket management will be to try to make charitable contributions with appreciated property and not with cash. Okay, so we want to gift away appreciated stocks. We really don't want to gift away cash. Um, we've covered a lot of ground today talking about the basics of bracket management planning. When, when we come back, we're going to talk about advanced bracket management planning. On behalf of Lineberg Information Services, this has been Bob Keebler, and thank you for joining us.